What's going on, everybody? This is Bridget Geekums. Uh, we got a show for you today. I'm going to have a show for you. We're going to talk about who is going to come out on top at this summer box office. We got some big movies Indiana Jones, Transformers, Flash, Spider Man, Blue Beetle, and so much more. But we're going to talk about what film will come out on top, but also what the other films may do this summer when it comes to box office. So let's get into it. What is going on, everybody? It's been a minute. Haven't had a live show for a couple weeks. There's the man. Someone who we haven't seen for... Oh, it's probably been a couple months, huh? Yeah, feels like a while honestly it's been um yeah it really has been a while honestly but it's good to be back honestly and ready to talk we have a lot to catch up on and uh, we have a lot to look forward to this summer and i think that's kind of where we're heading for this year so can't wait to talk about it and see where we're going excited for the show good to be back how have you been i've been pretty good pretty good uh was a little bit under the weather last week i couldn't Man, I couldn't do anything last week. I wanted to record, but I just, my face and my sinuses, nothing would work for me. So I couldn't yeah. do anything last week. And then uh, this week, I've just been just been getting ready for this weekend. This weekend is Three Rivers Comic Con. Oh, yeah. And uh, Colton and I will be there. We have a booth uh, that we're going to have set up. We're going to have a couple giveaways. I'm actually printing something on my 3D printer right now that will be part nice. of the giveaway. So I know you've been having fun. fun on that. Oh, man, I have three 3D printers that I've just been having a blast with. Although my resin printer, which I just got up and running about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I can't figure it out. I just, I don't <laughs> think I'm meant to to use a resin printer. I don't know. But no, it's been a blast. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, an, it's, it's exciting to be able to go to a convention like that. And I hope that it helps and it helps build the channel for sure. But I just love making that connection. I love talking to people. I love seeing people's reactions to, um, you know, different aspects of conventions. And that's what I love seeing. I love seeing that kind of stuff. So it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you are in the Pittsburgh area, I do recommend you, you head out to it. It's this Saturday, Sunday. Um, so good times had by all. You can find all the information at three rivers, That's fun. Now, I want to say something before we get into everything. Um, I, I know that you were a big fan of The Flash at one point in time, the TV show. Yes. Yeah. So I gave up. I want to say season five is when I, I gave just up in the Cicada season. So I think that's the same one. Um, I think that, that may have been the last season I saw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so similar. Yeah. And. I dropped it for a couple of reasons. Everything just felt so uh, formulaic. Every like every episode, every season just seemed exactly the same. And I also didn't like how they weakened the Flash by creating this team around him. I thought yeah. it was yeah, we it was, are the Flash, <laughs> Team Flash. Like, that stuff's <laughs> stupid. But but this past week, the Flash ended. It 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 ended its nine season run. Uh, crazy to think that it made it that long, but I decided, yep. you know what? I have to watch. I have to watch the finale. I just have to. Like, I didn't watch anything else since season five okay. or whatever. I'm, but I was like, yep. I gotta watch the finale. 
Oh my God, was it bad? Easily the worst finale I've ever seen of any television ever, first of all. Really? Oh man, it was just bad. Like they tried to bring all of his big speedster villains back, which should have been cool. It should have been cool. Eddie Thawne back as Cobalt Blue is what I've been reading. Yeah, yeah. Eddie came back as Cobalt Blue. Then you had Reverse Flash. You had Savitar. You had Zoom. Which sounds like a pretty dope premise for finale. Exactly. But the Flash only goes up against Cobalt Blue, and he defeats him by talking to him. This sounds like Prime Flash. And the other speedsters all fight different team members of Team Flash, but don't really fight them and are defeated within like a minute. It it, it was absolutely, absolutely terrible. I heard the episode episode prior to the finale was a lot better, that it gave a kind of a full circle moment to something that we saw, I think, in the Flashpoint, where he like creates the Flashpoint and then we're off until the next season. But um and I think I've seen highlights of the season finale, and I think some of the some of the villains get defeated by like the rest of the team Flash and stuff. So it's like I don't know the quality of the show, and I feel like just the Arrowverse in general kind of fell off after the first couple of seasons of um, both respective shows. Honestly, Legends of Tomorrow to me was okay in the first season, but then it kind of fell off the rails for me there. Um, I didn't really see Batgirl that much or Batwoman. Yeah. I think it was called Batwoman. But yeah. the, but just in general, I kind of kind of curious if you had to give like a grade to the Arrowverse and kind of reflecting. I know this is kind of impromptu from what we're actually doing, but um, what, do you, Honest- what would you kind of what's your kind of retrospective statement on the Arrowverse in general? Uh, see, it's seasons. Like basically, all the all the series that I watched, with the exception of of Batwoman. Um, I think they all had amazing one and two seasons. After that, the third season, everything started to fall off. And, you know, if they made it past that third or fourth season, then it really, really fell off, uh, at least for me. So I I can't really give it a grade. Um, It's just, hey, like I always tell people, watch that first season of The Flash. It's fantastic. Watch those first two seasons of Arrow. They're fantastic. After that, you don't really need to worry about it. So I kind of have like an interesting perspective that I kind of thought of while thinking of this. And it's um, kind of interesting that both shows kind of had the same problem where I feel like the quality dipped when the villain started to. So Flash was always focused after the first couple seasons on getting away from a speedster villain. And I felt like that's when the quality of the show kind of went down because the thinker season is leaves a lot to be desired. And then after that, I think it focuses on Cicada and then like, you know, you kind of go away from where the original show was. And then for me, for Arrow, I felt like it really began to turn for me after the Damien Dark season where he's like going up against people that have superpowers and stuff. It's like, okay, so like we kind of need a team here. We can't really have like, you know, you and Diggs and, you know, everybody else kind of taking the sign. And then it's really like Justice League problems, honestly, and quite frankly. And I think it's just kind of interesting that both shows qualities kind of dip, kind of straying away from what worked. And um, I don't know, probably more successful than the DCEU in terms of like continuity and longevity, like actual. They, they like, had it had a possibility of being something great, but they yeah. just the writing, and then I know the budgets got cut, so it just yeah. it turned into a bad bad scenario all around. And favorite I think moment, it, favorite moment overall from the Arrowverse. Honestly, 
<clears throat> this may be an unpopular opinion, but I love seeing Brandon Routh back as Superman. Okay, that's that that I... that was uh, while Crisis okay. on Infinite Earths was terrible. That was probably the thing I geeked out the most about. Okay, I don't disagree with you. That is definitely something that would be my top five. But for me, probably, I don't know, man. That first episode where Barry shows up in Arrow, I think it's at the end of season, season two. two just, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like, holy shit, like we're really about to delve into this. And it's like the real yeah. big, big bang moment for the Arrowverse to have him in there. And I think that's just uh, probably when Mora dies, too, honestly, when Deathstroke kills Moira. So, yeah, that was yeah. pretty, pretty good, too. Yeah. yeah, but um, hey, yeah, RIP <laughs> to the Arrowverse. It it was it is what it was, and um, I definitely want to catch up in the latter seasons of The Flash. Kind don't of skip don't. <laughs> don't do it. Just give it a binge it. one day. One day. I got I I have to to laugh at this here. Um, <clears throat> Kavari Kavari. <clears throat> Sorry, like I said, I've been dealing with dealing with stuff here. Man, man, man. Kavari goes, I hear this is the channel that Snyder fanboys' dreams comes to die. Look. It's crazy I, because we're kind <laughs> of, I would, I mean, I have no shame in admitting that I am a Snyder fanboy myself. So look, it's and, like, and you know. I, think, I honestly think people look at my, uh, look at our Twitter accounts because I'm very open about saying, like, animate the Snyderverse, that kind of thing. I'm also very open at calling out the Snyder boys. See, yeah. uh, one thing I try to say is there's a difference. You got Snyder fans, you got the Restore the Snyderverse fans, and then you have these Snyder boys who try and act like they are these amazing human beings because they want the Snyderverse back, but they're just overly toxic and and hateful and spiteful. And I call them out all the time. And I try to explain to people, and even Prime, who was on on the show, Prime the Godfather has been on the show a yep. couple times the past month. And you know, we had a discussion about it where it's like, look the Snyderverse is over and you know, we have to shift our focus. We have to get back on track as being united into one idea. And uh, I think a lot of people take a look at that as, as being, you know, Oh, we're killing the Snyder dream, but we're not. I mean, it's just, I don't like the toxicity, the toxicity and the hatred and, you know, screaming at James Gunn and Peter Safran. That's annoying to me. Yeah, no, I second everything that you've uh, said. And, you know, as we continue to get closer to this journey of um, kind of putting an end to this chapter, you know, it's uh, I haven't really thought about it, honestly. I really haven't. Um, I haven't really thought about like the Snyderverse and just like it's I've been just really excited about the future and just like, you know, you hear casting rumors and directing rumors and, you know, we just have this, the movies that are coming out now and I'm excited about that as well. So. Mm -hmm. Got Lawrence Fury here that's saying that one of his favorite moments was when they all came together in Invasion. I thought Invasion was pretty cool too, honestly. I think honestly, all the crossovers were for what they were really good. I mean, I know that you didn't like Crisis on Infinite Earths, but I mean, it definitely had its moments. Like, I thought, um, while not faithful, the complete faithful adaptation, I thought it uh, definitely provided some dope moments for the Arrowverse. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Hunter, if you're still here, I'm going to finally get to your comment. Uh, what is your thoughts on Pierce uh, Fod or Fode? I, Ooh, I think it's okay. Fode. And, so, uh, I just I, read on this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is It's really interesting because this guy right here is supposedly, supposedly up for the role of Superman in Superman Legacy. And I can see it. I mean, I know a lot of people yeah. are taking a look at, you know, his looks. And, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. That's for damn sure. Yep. Checks um, off that box for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> definitely got the jawline as well. Right. Yep. I posted on this on my uh, on my Instagram on my personal Instagram account where it was 
just kind of interesting that like it really does show us how little we know about the casting behind Superman Legacy right now because this I, this is not even a name that's popped up in like fan castings and stuff like that. So just interesting that names are popping up out of nowhere, honestly. Yeah, and it, he's really got the cool, physique. Though. He's got a, he's yeah, got some physique. Sure. And I'm not really worried about the actor's current physique. I just know that after six months, you know, they're definitely going to be supermaning yeah. it, you know. So it's like and they'll just the grow into it. And I don't know his acting abilities. And I'm not saying that, you know, you don't need to have amazing acting abilities to be Superman. But I don't think that's <clears throat> number one on the list. I definitely think you have to get the look down and then yeah. look at their abilities. As well, an actor. Gary, that's. I'm, I'm pushing it until it's announced officially. Whenever it's announced, that Wolfgang should uh, definitely get the role. That's my that's my push. <laughs> a lot of people want him. I I don't mind him. I think he looks all right. But uh, yeah, yeah, just checks and a lot of boxes. Lawrence, for me, you say the Snyderverse is technically restored. Explain. I explain yourself. I don't understand what you're talking about there. Technically not uh, erased. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. People, yeah, people love know. to say things just to say things. All right. Oh, we all. <laughs> all right. So we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this of this episode. We really oh, wanted yeah. to talk about, well, th this was more Ken's idea, was to talk about the box office for this coming summer. We got a lot first, of big titles coming out. Our, our first uh, kind of like fantasy, uh, our first fantasy draft kind of uh, episode, I guess you could say, honestly. All right, then. Why don't you start us off then? Why don't you go? We'll go from because obviously I'm sure you have who's going to be the top box office winner. So start with your your last play, ten. Right? We pick ten. Is that yes, what we pick? Yep. Ten. Yep. Okay, so ten. I kind of uh, went a little bit against the grain here, and I have to factor in that there are going to be flops from the just current list of movies that I looked at over the summer. So number ten, I'm going to throw to Strays actually. Will Ferrell movie that's about the dogs. It's kind of rated R. I believe it's rated R, if I'm not mistaken. But I think this is uh, an interesting choice for number 10. I chose it uh, just a couple <sighs> movies that missed the cut because of it were Gran Turismo and um, Blue Beetles. So I definitely think Strays is just kind of going to be one of those cold classics that might surprise some people at the box office, honestly. So that's my number 10, at least for... Yeah, yep. I mean, I kind of went a different way. I, I I took I went and took a look at all the the movies coming out in in the summer between June first and August thirty first. I went and took a look all, all those movies. So anything that's come out in May doesn't count. Yep. <clears throat> so I went and took a look, and yeah, like I saw Strays, and I'm like, you know, that's not gonna that's not gonna crack the top ten. That's not. I mean, it, it it's a cute concept and i'm sure that it'll make some money but when i took a look at a lot of these films there were actually 11 that really really stuck out to me okay. um but I'm, I'm not i'll save 11 that'll be my honorable mention at the end so number 10 i'm going to say gran turismo okay and i actually put down how much i think roughly how much it'll make and i think it has <clears throat> the ability to hit around 200 million dollars I think it's, you know, it, it's an unknown property when it comes to film and it's not, it's, it's a race car movie and a video game movie and neither one of them are really big when it comes to box office. Uh, so that's, that's my number 10 right there. It's, it looks interesting. I'm probably going to watch it. 
but yeah, I just I don't see how it can uh, match some of the higher end films. Okay, that's fair. Um, so when I was looking at my list, actually, I kind of uh, I guess cheated in a way and had one movie that was released before June first. So oh, I might have to make you. I might have to make an on the fly adjustment, honestly. But um, yeah, no. So am I good to go for my next one? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Okay, so number nine, kind of, I guess, not what people would think as well. Maybe you would, maybe you kind of are, would be in the same boat as Strays, but I'm going uh, Margot Robbie's Barbie movie hmm. for number nine. Um, I think, you know, I definitely, definitely interesting. I think just out of pure curiosity and interest, it will definitely get just like the casual movie fan on a random day to just go to the movies and just choose Barbie as the movie. But cast is fantastic. So. Um, definitely has a lot of things working for it, and I think it's one of those movies that will probably like kind of lean into the ridiculousness of the movie. So, yeah, um, I feel like those type of movies kind of play really well with audiences. So, I think uh, Barbie will be kind of a surprise entry in the top ten for the summer. It could be interesting. I mean, it, it's on my list, not that low though. Uh, my number nine, and this one, this one was rough to put here, only because I wanted to do better, <clears throat> but I know it won't. <clears throat> excuse me and uh it's basically because of what they've put into it and and how they've created this film I, i'm not even interested in seeing it i just want the ip to always succeed and that's teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem i have at number nine okay. i think i think it's gonna so I, what i was looking at and we'll get into across the spider-verse in a, in a bit but i was looking at into the Spider-Verse and how much money that made last year, or not last year, what was that, three, four years ago? Three, three years ago, I believe. And that. granted, it came out at a different time of the year, but it only hit like $380 million <clears throat> for the last one. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think, is going to be looked at similar to that. I don't think it's going to be nearly as good. I think, yeah, it's going to be something that parents take their kids to. So you're going to get a lot of ticket sales off of children, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as big as what into the, or, yeah, into the Snyder or Snyder verse spider verse was. <laughs> so that's just me. Okay. Interesting. Um, I, yeah, I wanted to do well, but I know is the, so just out of gen, general curiosity, who's like the headlining of the voice cast that they have for the movie? Is there like any anybody that like I feel like stands uh, out in the cast or uh, mutant mayhem cast? I know Seth. I know Seth Rogen's behind the like production. Rogen is which... Bebop, but then you have a bunch okay. of nobodies for the because okay. they're kids. That that's something that matters. Yeah, not that that's something that matters, but I was just out of curiosity. Jackie Chan is scary. Splinter. Ooh, um, okay, that's kind of that's John. Kind John of cool. Cena is Rocksteady. Okay, yeah, no. So they do have a little bit of a cast behind them. Yeah, I mean they got some some people. Paul Rudd's okay. in it. Oh yeah, so that, it'll definitely be interesting. That's actually uh, not that bad of a pick, honestly. Definitely a kids movie, which is I feel like a big should be a big theme in some of the picks that we kind of go behind. So Spider into the Spiderverse. We should clip that and tweet that out for future <laughs> reference. <laughs> Uh, so yeah okay so we are on eight so so far i've done strays and barbie and you've had the gran turismo and teenage mutant ninja turtles okay 
So number eight for me is going to be the Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast. Um, I think it's a solid property that surprisingly, and I looked at some of the numbers of some of the past movies, actually still does relatively well. Um, I kind of stopped after the third, after the last Shia LaBeouf movie, which I believe was Dark of the Moon, if I'm not mistaken, the third one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, but it, to me, it's just a franchise that always seems to rake in some sort of cash because it's what it is. It's an action movie that, um, you know, just kind of leans on the ridiculous side of the prop of the property that they're based off of. So think solid, you know, sit there, take it for what it is and kind of what you do with Fast and Furious, but I guess to a lesser extent, because Fast and Furious are better than Transformers and should definitely get a crossover going. I know somebody was talking about that on uh, Reddit somewhere, but um, yeah, no, I think it'll uh, definitely a solid entry, I feel like, for me at least. I'm curious to hear your opinion, because it doesn't seem like you are a big fan of the franchise. Um, I liked the first couple, but after that, it just kind of went downhill. I just didn't care enough after that. So, I mean, it's not that I don't like it. It's just, yeah, I don't Man. care. Yeah, yep. yeah. I will. I definitely, I definitely <clears throat> will be contributing to their box office. Numbers, but I do so. want to. I do want to. You know, just make sure that we're set on the rules here. Um, I can pick the same stuff that you picked, right? In my list. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. If if we mention one and you have it as a different ranking, you can kind of just do that. I've been writing them down like on list mm. one to 10, just to kind of make sure we don't like cross over like that. So yeah. if I mention a movie and it's in my rankings, I'll definitely like shout it out for sure. Yeah. Um, so my number eight <clears throat> is a movie that I think has the potential to do better than what a lot of people think. Um, and it really, I think, hinges on the Flash, and that's Blue Beetle. Ooh, okay. I, okay. Blue Beetle, I think, can do very well. I'm thinking it could hit around that $350 million range, okay. um, which is less than Black Adam, but way more than Shazam. Okay. But <clears throat> it's a different enough character. It's a new character, plus you're going to hit that, that Latina um audience and kids i mean it's you know it's zolo what's his name zolo whatever and you know kids love him from cobra kai and they're gonna want to go and see that because of of him being in it so i think it can hit that 350 uh that 350 mark which i think will be still not a box office success because i think they spent 100 million on it and you know, probably they're going to spend 150 on on marketing, and you know, it's it's not going to be that big success they need. But I don't think they truly need it to be that that huge. Um, it was never meant to be, but I think it could be good. I think it, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a positive sign that it's a property that didn't end up getting axed when Discovery, when the merger kind of took over, and um, the search for properties through DC kind of took over that resulted in Batgirl getting canceled so i think that's a positive sign of i guess the movie in general i know it probably has some meta references to just like the uh outer world of dc characters but i guess there's just some confusion on my part because i know that james gunn mentioned that this is also part of the dcu but is it like really a part of like the dcu when you tell us it's like part of legacy like they just can't decide when it actually starts versus when it doesn't like i don't know and um so I guess there's a little confusion just from being a hardcore fan for me, at least. But yeah. um, other than that, I do think it's going to be a solid movie. The first trailer kind of did its job. It kind of uh, reminds me of most recent DC properties at this point, honestly. So um, 
It'll be interesting for sure. I it'll be interesting to see how my top ten kind of shakes out because I feel like Blue Beetle probably would have made the cut if uh, I have to eliminate one of my movies. But we'll get to number two and see if you omit it and allow it into entry for sure. <laughs> omit? Oh, okay, that's your your. Uh, <laughs> I see what you're saying now. All right, so my next one um, is going to be where did it go? Why is my computer being all dumb? Um, there it is. So we're at what seven. Mine is actually Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Um, yeah, sure. I, I I think it's going to hit four hundred million. I think it's going to be yep. <clears throat> pretty typical. I think Bumblebee hit. I think it was like four sixty, four seventy. I think is or maybe even five hundred is what Bumblebee hit. <clears throat> I don't think there's going to be as much of a draw to this as was for Bumblebee. I think Haley Steinfeld really helped push that John Cena, and then Bumblebee being a you know a Transformer everybody loved. Um, I think the Beast aspect people are interested in seeing. Kids, I, you know you can't you can't count out a movie that is focused towards kids, kids on yeah. you know when it comes yep. to box office. So that's yeah. I mean, again, I'm not too. I probably am not going to see it in theaters. Maybe when it comes out, yeah. but uh, you know, at home, Same. that's about it. Okay, cool. So, okay, so we crossed on seven and eight. So my number seven entry, and this might be a little bit of a surprise, but it's actually the Meg Two, the Trench. Um, I think this movie kind of surprised people the first time around, and uh, definitely made a lot more money and drew a lot more attention than I feel like probably was originally intended. Um, I. <laughs> think it definitely did well in the right markets obviously um i think just having it being able to be released on a worldwide scale definitely helped its box office and i'm sure this movie will lean a little more crazier into it i think the last trailer ended with stadium just riding a wave with like a <laughs> i don't even know what it was to like stab the meg so um i definitely think it'll double down on its ridiculousness of it and um i know Probably would be a movie that I would see on in New York. We call it a five dollar movie Tuesday, honestly. So, would definitely probably buy, buy some tickets to that and uh, sit down and watch it for a popcorn flick. That it will be. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I just that's not on my list at all. I just I can't. I can't. I never actually saw the first one, but it's actually not as bad as you think. If you are finding yourself during shark week not wanting to watch anything the meg is definitely a suggestion for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my number six is barbie and the reason why i have it so high i have it just over 400 million like 415 million in that range again it's down to kids you know i mean my daughters love barbie um they all love barbie they're gonna want to see this now is it going to be good for kids that's to be seen. I mean, the, some of the, the trailers, some of the jokes in the trailers were very adult and very cringeworthy in that regard, but that doesn't mean that parents are going to take their kids because they see Barbie and that first weekend, it's going to hit a hundred million easy. I think in my opinion. And uh, then in its regular run, I mean, another 300 million, isn't that hard for them to hit? Um, I I think it's going to be interesting to see what it does overseas, but Margot Robbie too. I mean, she's a huge draw for for a male audience, and I'm not yeah. saying a male audience is going to go, but I will say this: men will be more willing to go see that on a date night yeah. than not going to see it because Margot Robbie is in it. So you, you have Ra- you have Ryan Gosling in it too. You have um, 
uh, actor's name is escaping me, but he uh, played Chong Chi in, in it as well. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You uh, definitely have a diverse, similar, you have a diver- yeah. yes, you have a diverse cast out there that uh, really seems like they really had fun uh, making this. Uh, uh, definitely a date night movie for sure. I would agree with that honestly. So, look at Rob giving the romantic advice out here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number six. So we're on six, right? So you just gave yeah, Barbie. I did, I did six. Yeah. Okay, so we're so far we have two in common. So my number six, and just looking at my list, I'm actually going to flip flop five and six. So I'm actually going to put six at the Flash. So the Flash, I think, is I don't know. I am. Um, very trepid going into this film. I'm not going to lie to you. So I think it's going to be when a movie is touted for months as being the best thing that's ever entered the industry. It's kind of strange for me to go in with less, with lesser expectations, honestly, like we've been, we've been pushing this campaign that this movie is like going to reinvent comic book hero cinema. And it's just, I, I don't know, just for me personally, with the past history that DC has gone through, I am very nervous. I think all the big hitters have been out in the trailers and in the TV spots. And I think it's definitely going to be some warts in there. And uh, for me, it's just sad, honestly. You know, it's really the end of kind of an era that I grew up in with these heroes and these iterations of these characters. So um, that's my expectation. I also think that, I don't know, it, it could be five. It could be a top five movie. It could not be. It could completely bomb. I'm really interested to see that Rotten Tomatoes uh, reveal, honestly, to see, because that's, that's their bread and butter nowadays. So, Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't want to talk... Uh, I, I don't want to talk about, about Flash until we get to my, my, set, my part of it. So, but yeah, yeah, Flash. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we are on five. So we are in our top five. So Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse just comes out today. That's my yep. number five. Um, look, the okay. first one was great. I'm torn on going to see the, the new one uh, for some, you know, personal reasons. I don't exactly want to support certain things. But, uh, you know, I think this movie is going to do pretty big because of how good the first one was. Like I said, the first one made like $380 million. Um, I think this one could you know, nearly double that and hit around 675 to $700 million. I think it could, uh, which would be huge. And we're, we saw with Mario earlier this year that an animated film, if it's good, if kids want to see money, it, yeah. can make a shit ton of money. And I don't think this movie is going to hit Mario money because Mario kind of hits a, around the world a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to make big money. And from all accounts, from all of the reception and reviews and and what's come out i think it's going to do big i think it's going to have a big opening weekend and i think you know what's what's going to hurt it is in three weeks or in two weeks from now so three after being out for three weeks that's where it's going to get hurt but but it'll make a damn good double feature with the flash once the flash does come out so so I'm actually going to agree with you, and this is where I feel like we cross-match on our list, and we finally have something that's in the same ranking. So Across the Spider-Verse is also in my is going to be my number five entry. Uh, kind of reworking my list on the fly, honestly. But it, um, <laughs> I totally agree with you. I had it at number four originally, but I do feel like my number four entry would be a lot more solid on a solid base. But um, 
Yeah, no, kind of for the same reasons that you are, where me and my girlfriend are going to make it a point to watch the first movie before we go see the second one, because the first movie was really dope. And I yeah. think the concept of this one is going to be really, really cool. I've seen, I've read some reviews that have kind of pointed towards some of the negative things towards it, but um, I'm still going to go and see it, honestly, because I yeah. think the animation style is beautiful. And um, I don't know, just interested to see uh, if uh, any of the three main Spider-Men are in it. You know, there's just a bunch of questions I have about it, around it, that uh, I would be interested to see them answered. So yeah. excited see, for this may, one to come out. Maybe Colton could talk me into go seeing it after the convention on Saturday before we go back to the hotel. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a big film regardless. Um, it's just how big. And I think it does. It can easily be in that top five for the summer easily. Yeah, totally. So we're on four. And yeah. do you want to go? Sure. I will go with number four. Now, this is a movie that, uh, let me tell you, I didn't think we were ever going to get. But in 2012, I was like, oh, shit, this could happen. And 10 years later, it finally did happen. <laughs> but I, this is a film that, you know, this series of movies has been so dear to my heart growing up. And uh, I, I've had a lot of fun with this character. And to finally get his last crusade, um, officially his last crusade, even though there was a last crusade, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is definitely a movie that I think will do well because of nostalgia. Here's the thing, though. This is my only movie that I struggled with on this list. I mean, when I say I struggled, I had it originally at 10. I dropped it down to, to 3. I put it back out of the lineup because I was like, oh, it's not going to – like, it kept going in and out. But it comes down to this. Nostalgia is huge. People want to, to – remember and feel what they felt when they watched Indiana Jones in the eighties. Uh, and that's what they're looking for. They're also looking for something that was, that is a better way to send the character off than kingdom of the crystal skull, which I still don't think is a terrible movie, but I understand people's issues with it. It made so, $790 million. So obviously exactly. it wasn't that bad, you know? <laughs> and, and that's, and that's why, again, I looked at that. I said $790 million for kingdom of the crystal skull for a movie that, people say they did not like probably the worst indiana jones movie if, if you ask the majority of the fans the majority people of people would say them, that yeah. absolutely I, I i agree with that so i think i think this could hit 750 easily yep. 750 million dollars i think it could hit and i won't say easily but i think that's what it, what we're going to see it make um i wouldn't be surprised if it fell out completely and wasn't even in the top 10 that wouldn't surprise me either but i i just i think nostalgia is going to push it to uh, being in that top five. I, I, I think that's what's going to push it. Okay. So Indiana Jones is in my top three, and I will give my side of it when we hit my third option. Uh, spoiler there. But uh. number f <laughs> number four for me is going to be uh, Oppenheimer. Um, I, think, I, I think Oppenheimer, just from watching the trailers and the way that it's really been marketed as Christopher Nolan's return, and just after a little bit of just silence from him from uh, – I guess project-wise, in a way, he's definitely slowed down on taking on projects and kind of every project's an event for him nowadays. And um, just from the trailers and everything and just the story behind it, I'm genuinely interested to watch this movie and see uh, if it can inform me more of just a time period where, obviously, it was tense and 
just I, I do believe we're jumping in between time frame time periods in this film like I think some of it shot in black and white which is also really intriguing something that Christopher Nolan um just having his name on that would be really cool to see but I think this movie's gonna do really well honestly as I feel like most Christopher Nolan movies do honestly yeah, I mean, uh, I'll get to that when we get to there. Um, yep. Oppenheimer's in my top three, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so for my number, I guess we're on my number three, yeah. Uh, number three, another series that I have loved since a child. I've loved this series. Um, it's never been a huge box office draw until recently, but I still don't think it's going to mm-hmm. be the top box, top box office draw this year, this summer. But it's definitely going to be up there. And, uh, I mean, who doesn't love watching Tom Cruise run as fast as he can and do crazy stunts for no damn reason? I think we all love watching that. So I think Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is a ridiculous name, (laughs) but um, I do think that's going to hit about $800 million. Now, here's the thing. My top three, three, two, one, the the amount of money they're making, they're all so close that – don't hold it against me if three does better than two or does better than one or one, you know, like it's just, I think they're all almost interchangeable to, to a point because these three movies, in my opinion, are going to be the biggest of the summer. Okay. So I will get to mission impossible when we get there, but um, my, not my top three and it starts with Indiana Jones and kind of for the same reason that you said, nostalgia is going to be a big factor. And I think it can kind of, just looking at the numbers of the previous films, I just thought with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull making $790 million when it was released, I'm thinking we're, we're going to be approaching maybe like over the $950 million threshold where maybe approaches kind of what uh, Jurassic World did last year and kind of a send off for the franchise. So mm-hmm. I think nostalgia is going to be an extremely big part of this. I know that there's characters from, almost every movie it seems like just from the trailers that I've seen. And um, yeah, no, I know I'm going to be one of those people in the seats watching and waiting for the music to drum up and waiting for the whip and waiting for the hat to get put on and just ridiculous set scenes. And um, you know, just what we've become accustomed to. And, you know, this character has been around for almost four for over 40 years now. Yeah. So I can't wait to see how this story continues. And I love James Mangold as an act as a director. So I have faith in him and I'm not going to really listen to the Rotten Tomatoes score because this is one of those movies that I will just go see to full circle my childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get you. I get you on that. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good time. I know that the reviews haven't been great, but I think it, I think it's going to be a good time. I do. Yep. Number two. Um, a little uh, a little shocking yours wasn't this high for this, but Oppenheimer. Okay. Uh, Oppenheimer. Look, Christopher Nolan is an auteur uh, filmmaker. He, he is able to make artsy films on a large scale and he isn't afraid to push the, uh, the bar when it comes to filmmaking, you know, take a look at tenant. I mean, that whole movie was filmed frontwards and backwards and upside down and left and right. I mean, it was a crazy ass movie. You know, look at interstellar, look at inception. These are all great movies to a certain, to a certain audience and to a certain extent. The problem is, outside of Batman, he's never hit a billion dollars. He's never had a billion-dollar movie outside of Batman. And I think that trend is going to continue. I don't think he's going to hit a billion dollars. And even that, he hasn't had a $900 million movie. 
outside of Batman. I think this is going to be one of the closest ones. I think it was um, Inception, I think, hit $830 million. Interstellar hit $700 million. So, you know, he's up in that high range, but not quite there. And I think when it comes to this movie, I think, you know, $850, $800 million, somewhere around there, $825. I think that is probably what we're going to see when it comes to Oppenheimer. I think that's what we're going to see. And I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I mean, he's going to, he, they, they mimicked an, an atomic bomb in real life, you know, to get the explosion. I mean, they've, they do this kind of stuff on just a ridiculous, and it's all an IMAX too, which is insane. The entire movie is IMAX. Yeah, so no, that's definitely that's insane. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah, cast, and the cast, the cast is crazy. Just the fact that we have Robert Downey Jr. and Christopher Nolan movie is going to be great. We kind of get like yeah, a, but I mean, it's not just Robert Downey just, Jr. Right, and now you have Matt Damon, you have... Cillian um, Murphy, Florence Pugh, Cillian Murphy, Jack yeah. Quaid, Rami Malek, Emily Blunt, Josh Peck, David Dashmalishin, Josh Hartnett, uh, Gary Oldman, Casey Affleck, Dane DeHaan, like... This is insane. Kenneth Branagh is it's like wow. That's crazy. exactly exactly. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it's one insane. of the movies that I will most certainly be in the theater to go see. Honestly, so uh, yeah, I think it's definitely gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see it too. So number two for me kind of got a little skewed just because I forgot about the June first rule and I put the Little Mermaid down as number two because I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I am uh, I'm operating on that end. So I guess everything would be bumped up one for me, and probably would have Blue Beetle at ten, and then maybe Indiana Jones as number two. So I'll skip over and just do my number one, since we can kind That's of surmise fun. what we can kind of surmise what your number one's going to be, which is really surprising, by the way. But my number <laughs> one's going to be Mission. Imp- I was not if I I'm a betting man. I would have not put money on that for the preview, but. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is going to be the number one for me. Can Tom Cruise do it? Can Tom Cruise have the number one box office grossing movie of the summer two years in a row? Do we think he can do it? And I think it's certainly possible, honestly. I think he's just one of those few remaining names in Hollywood that you just see on the billboard and you're like, oh yeah, we're going to go see that. Like, And um, I just give respect to that and I will put some respect on his name. And give him the bow to because it looks sick. The first trail I saw the trailer for the first time during a previews for um, Guardians of the Galaxy three, and it just looks sick. It just the stunts keep they keep elevating the stunts each movie, and in the fact just the stories that he does it himself just to get the experience and just to I don't know I guess just scare everyone in his life, but. It's. Um, I, I think it's a movie that's going to check all boxes, and um, I'm just rooting for greatness at this point. Where we could have Top Gun Maverick be 2022, and Mission Impossible be 2023. Something that you said though is very true that these movies have recently become like a lot more of a cash cow than the early movies. I feel like the earlier movies were a lot more self-contained, where the latter movies, from what it seems like, and I haven't watched them in their entirety at all. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like this is a franchise that has benefited from being modernized with more effects and obviously bigger set scenes, kind of like with the Fast and Furious, honestly. So um, I don't believe that this would be the real true ending of Mission Impossible, no matter how many parts there are to this movie, the terribly titled movie, as you like to say. But um, I think this is a franchise that's really bankable and 
Yeah, no. So I guess the rest of this is going to be your shocking number one entry onto this list. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why you think it's so shocking. Um, I don't know. Just from the conversations that we've had, I just feel like, and we've been having these conversations for a while now. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just feel like from the vibes that we've kind of spewed out there, I felt like we both kind of feel unsure of how The Flash is going to do. Like, it could go really, really well, be the best movie of the summer, or it could be one of the biggest flops in American movie history, honestly, because as I've said, it's been touted for about four months as the best superhero movie that has ever been made to mankind ever. So <laughs> the floor, the floor is yours, man. I'm ready. So to sit back there's there's a big reason why I put it number one, and and like I said, these top three are almost all interchangeable. Okay. But I picked Flash for number one for a couple of reasons. Uh, much of why I said that Indiana Jones is going to do so well, nostalgia. When you have Michael Keaton coming back. You know, I talked to my mother the other day and I said, hey, did you know that Michael Keaton's Batman again? And she went, what are you talking about? I was like, in the Flash movie. And it piqued her interest. She's all in. She wants to see it now. You know, when I sit there and, and tell somebody that isn't a huge comic book fan like I am or like you are, hey, did you hear about the Flash movie? It's supposed to be wild. There's a lot of great word about this movie. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to see it then. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are excited about this movie. We're stuck in this bubble, and especially me on Twitter, because I followed so many Snyder fans back, you know, in 2020, 2021, that all I see is people posting hate and, and toxicity uh, about The Flash. But in the real world out there, people are excited about it. And right. I know that the the expectation and the... And the um, early you know ticket sales are like oh it's only gonna make 70 million dollars here's the thing that that stuff's bullshit that that thing that this movie is going to be huge because the reception has been phenomenal is it the greatest superhero movie ever is it the greatest since the dark knight as people love to use probably not no but is it a good time is it something different is it going to hit that nostalgia berries in your tummy and make you all happy it's going to hit all those marks. And when that happens, when that word starts to get out, people are going to see this. People are going to go in droves to see it. And like I said, it's going to make a damn good double feature with Across the Spider-Verse or even Mission Impossible. You know, <clears throat> so that's why I think it's going to do so well. I can understand why you don't think it will. And that, that I think it's great because you have it so low. I have it so high. And that's kind of pointing to the idea that this movie could go either way right so i wanted to i wanted to rebuttal your nostalgia point for a second and i don't know if you have any more reasons i know you had said you had one more but just to harp on that point for a second so nostalgia i feel like we've brought up with indiana jones movie for example but the problem with nostalgia is that so with indiana jones i think nostalgia plays to its advantage just because there's only been one iteration of Indiana Jones for about 40 years now. Not for nothing, I feel like we're in an era right now where if people tell you, dude, Michael Keaton's in this movie, like Michael Keaton's Batman's in this movie, we're far enough removed where, and this is just my personal opinion, we're far enough, we're far enough removed to kind of have some people turn ahead and be like, who? Like, and I'm not saying that, that people wouldn't know, but there have been other iterations of Batman, like, uh, Christian Bale got three movies compared to Michael Keaton's two. So I feel like a lot more people would 
resonate if this was like if Christian Bale was in this movie, would there be any doubt in anyone's mind that it at least is solidified in between the seven hundred million the okay, like the nine fifty to over a billion range? Like is that far fetched to say? Mm, yeah, I think that's possible. The thing is I, I th- what I'm saying what I'm saying is it's not a it's not going to be a guaranteed billion dollar hit because Michael Keaton's Batman's in it. I don't think the nostalgia is going to play too much to its favor as much as a nostalgia would play favor to the Indiana Jones franchise, for example. Yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Here's the thing. The, the comic book genre is dropping <clears throat> right now. It's on a decline. And one way to get, <clears throat> get people excited is to use that nostalgia. Take a look at what happened with Spider-Man. Right. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, bringing Toby back, bringing Andrew back—that was huge. That that helped bolster it up even more. Right. And I felt like when, if they were to do something like that, that would be intriguing. But we're only getting one iterate, one past iteration. And um, yeah, no. So, but just continue. Yeah. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah. But I think you know when you're taking a look at the older generations that haven't been following the current trend of of comic book movies. Um, you know, I tried to get my mom to watch Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. She fell asleep through them. <clears throat> they weren't for her. And that's fine. I get that. You know, they're not for everybody. But when you mention Michael Keaton to somebody like that, when yeah. they went to the theaters in 1989 to see it, when they were there and saying, Mr. Mom is Batman, and then they go and see it, they're like, holy shit, Mr. Mom's Batman. <clears throat> that's going to play a huge role. And all those people have kids now. And they're going to take their kids. And they're and probably more likely, are, yeah. And then their kids are going to be like, holy shit, this movie's great. And then they're going to tell their friends. You see, it's... Oh, damn. It's a cycle. It's a, it's a cycle, exactly. Okay. No, I mean, I definitely understand what you're saying, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if you just pull 10 random people from the street, I just have a feeling that maybe, just rough estimate, maybe six out of ten would say Christian Bale. Honestly, like in terms yeah, I mean, of like you're your favorite wrong. iteration, your favorite iteration of Batman, and then some people might not even mention um, Michael Keaton. Some people might mention Val Kilmer, or uh, and again, people you're not might wrong. mention George Clooney. Like you know, although I feel like if you answer George Clooney to that question, you must be stripped of your comic book nerd badge <laughs> at some point. But it's an interesting debate, honestly, because like you said, you have it one, I have it six. Could go either way at this point, and I feel like a yeah. lot hinges on it. I know there's been another director said a couple days ago that Ezra Miller that there's going to be no one that replaces them um, as the Flash, and I'm just like, yeah, well, we'll just see what the box office says, and then yeah. we'll make a determination from there. But I just don't really see an avenue for Ezra Miller to return on the Flash, honestly, or, or to return as the Flash. So I don't know. I don't know what you think, but. I, I, honestly, I think it all depends on how James Gunn plays this. Um, he has he has the ability right now to and 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 this is I want to talk about two more things before we're done today. Um, and this will kind of lead into one of them. Um, he has the ability to lead this into his DCU. He has an opportunity to do that, yep. and which Ezra could still be part of, or he could just. Hey, Ezra, his flash is lost in the multiverse, could pop up down the line, but this is a Newberry, or this is Wally West, or mm, yep. Bart, you know, whoever it could be, whoever. 
If I had to put so, money on it, I think they would just do another Barry Allen, honestly. If I had yeah. to guess and then try to introduce the Flash family in a more natural way in sense, honestly. So, Which is not wrong, and I think Gunn, like you said, has can't really lose either way. If the movie flops, then it ended the universe that it took place in, and maybe one day they'll pop back up. But if it does well, hey, this is like the ramp up bridge to like the DCU and you don't know what universe the flash ends up in at the end and stuff like that. If you've like read stuff online and stuff. So, um, going to be interesting for sure. So, yeah. So my question to you is, did you see, uh, that Sasha Kaye, uh, said that Henry Cavill saw the flash. Henry yes. Cavill also gave his seal of approval for her and also said, Hey kid, you're, you killed it. You knocked it out of the park. What Which do you the... think about that? <laughs> so I'm going to follow up a little bit on a little, not scoop, but I was uh, scouring Twitter and then I just see the Flash Twitter account say Superman approves. And I'm just like, oh man, this is like the, this is the epitome of just like everything that's wrong with the world and DC and the DCEU right now. But um, just the fact that the Twitter account kind of acknowledged it is uh, a little inappropriate to me. Just, just my personal, it comes off the wrong way. I see what they were trying to do. But just the fact that the way everything went and everything, just poor taste in my opinion. But um, I think it's interesting. I mean, I don't really, I feel like this is just a public spin that we've been getting for, like, I'm so used to this at this point. Like, I'm pretty sure, who hasn't seen this movie? I feel like it's just been us that haven't seen this movie. Like, I, I think so. I think my kids I, even saw it. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, I think my girlfriend's seen it. Like, I think just from Stephen King all the way to Tom Cruise and then, like Michael B. Jordan somehow got a private screening to now Henry Cavill is watching it with Sasha. Like, I mean, seriously, like who hasn't seen this movie at this point? But I think it's just good public spin. Any positive comments from Henry regarding the role or the movie would obviously be exploited to to Warner Bros. advantage at this point. It's not that surprising that yeah. it's been spin this way. But um, I don't really know what else he's supposed to say. I don't think it would become public if he said, no, it was a piece of shit. So, um, yeah, I also don't think I, I think people need to chill out. You know, people are like, oh, he's not even Superman. So why does it matter? Look, there's been multiple times over the years when, you know, Bale, you know, talked to Affleck and, yeah. you know, it, it, it's it happens in the superhero genre where the former <coughs> versions, characters, you know, actors have talked to the newer ones and given their approval and and stuff like that. So it's not that big of a deal. I think people freaking out about it is what's ridiculous. Like let just Sasha Kaye is excited and I'm sorry. Like if, if James Gunn or David Zaslav came out and said, you know, Henry Cavill saw it, then I'll be like, this is a PR spin, but Sasha coming out and saying it, I think it was just her just being excited. Like Henry Cavill loved it. Like, he loved it too. Like that's how yeah. I took her saying that. And I think people right, yeah. criticizing her for that, criticizing Warner Brothers, it just the more toxicity and hatred being spewed is just yeah. uh, obscene and, and just ridiculous at this point. Right. Yeah. No, it, it just, it's interesting that they spin this, that they officially have spin this to just generate more positive buzz for the film. But um, another thing that I did want to bring up against your pick is that. I also didn't really like the Flash's surrounding environment. It faces really stiff competition, honestly, because as you said, double feature with Spider-Verse, then you have the Transformers prequel, then you have the Indiana Jones movie. Like, I, it has a very, it has a shorter window than Across the Spider-Verse does 
to be a very profitable movie, and I just don't I think, think it has the, the time only to the, the only one it really I think has has to go up against is Indiana Jones, and that comes out two weeks later. Spider Man's two right, weeks yeah. before, uh, right. so I, I I don't think that uh, it's gonna struggle all too much because, like I said, Indiana Jones is that one for me that's tough. It could go either way. It could yeah. not even make the cut in the top ten for me, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it has that much to go against. And if it's as good as what some people are saying, again, is it as the greatest movie ever? No, but um, I don't know. Stephen King says it. Oh, I mean, Stephen King, obviously, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, the other thing I want to talk about, Hunter Iggy, who is, you know, an avid watcher and viewer. Thank you very much, Hunter. Thank you. Same as Lawrence Fury. He's always on here saying stuff. So thank you guys so much. Um, he brings up, uh, he wants to know our thoughts on Sony leaving single player games. And I don't know if you know this last week, they had their little showcase. And one of the things that they talked about is they're going to be investing more in live service games than single player PlayStation games. Okay. This is interesting. So, um, yeah, basically, you know, this whole idea of live service is, really not a new concept when you take a look at things like fortnite halo um the call of duty what is that the the royal whatever yeah they're live service games they're games that are multiplayer games that they are constantly updating month after month after month you know you take a look some of them are every three months some of them are monthly some of them are every six months but they're constantly updated and there's never really a sequel that's put out because they update them so much well sony wants to invest more Move into that more. okay <laughs> which makes sense because look how much money fortnite has made that right, that yeah. game is the the you know highest grossing game of all time because of how much right, money yeah. it makes well i mean i just think live sense. service games have um this is really interesting actually so i obviously didn't have an inkling to this but just off of initial so I've been a single player game my whole life. So I've kind of just been really focused on sports games in terms of like my video game genre prowess. And um, so, yeah, you obviously have the live features and the lobbies and stuff, but it's become a lot more prevalent just because I feel like the gaming industry has become a lot, has a lot more avenues now to be monetized with uh, esports blowing up and everything like that. So it does make sense that at least that Sony would opt to go to more live services. Cause as you said, you just named the list and um, there's a whole bunch more, honestly. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't even think of it. Yeah. Um, and, and more really, keep coming out. Right. And really what I would like for Sony to do is to just bring the PSP back, man. Like I would. Okay. Love... Look, don't even get me started with this. They, they basically <laughs> made a Wii U. Sony right. literally made a Wii U and is releasing it, and they're like, "This is good, great." No, it's stupid, is what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, no. So, um, yeah, no. It's uh, it's just video games in general have been like a big part just of my love and affinity for sports. So, um, I definitely think that I've this is not surprising games, to me. Yeah, though, sports games need to go to a live service. Look, I okay. get it. Like. <laughs> I'm a big NHL guy and I used to get every single NHL game by EA. And my problem is, you know, they won't change the game much from, you know, for four or five years. Like they're on like a four or five year cycle where they won't change the game. So why not? Yeah. Why not release a game, have it as a live service for four or five years. And every year or not every year, every 
three, four, five months, six months, whatever, you update it, give the new rosters, the new Patch, team, like yeah. patches, yeah. patch it up for those four or five years, and then come out with basically what is a brand new game like never right. before. I and think that's, that's I think that's what's contributed to my hatred for the 2K franchise, where they literally just copy and paste the same game from the year before and just present it to you in a new cover with a new athlete on the cover. And I find it really interesting that you said NHL because I thought the NHL game was one of the probably top, honestly, in terms of presentation. Like it gave you the most realistic presentation of what a hockey game would look like just playing it in your own universe, basically, in a sense, because oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong in that idea, in that aspect, but right. you know, from one season to the next, you know, they might add like some small little detail that wasn't in the previous year when, so basically you're just getting a roster update for $60. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, no, just it's, me, uh, like, yeah. that's what the 2k franchise is really lacking in. I've uh, followed some of the reviews for the 2k franchise over the past couple of years. And it's really, uh, Really gone down, honestly. So, and, and Hunter, I see your comment. What are your thoughts on NBA Live 24? I'm sorry, man. I'm not an NBA guy. Um, I'm just not. I think it's I, dope. I think I think it's dope. It's coming back, honestly, in a, kind of a broad uh, launch area. So um, it's it's interesting. It's a petition to it's a, it's a, there's a petition on Change.org where you could sign that EA needs to make NBA Live 24. I don't know if it's been officially announced, but. Um, if it has been, that's really cool, Hunter, and I can't wait because I probably would buy that over 2K, honestly. Yeah, but honestly, I mean, Sony, uh, right now, video gaming, the the this generation has been really interesting because I thought last generation was a was a uh, like a stopgap. I, I felt like it was a transitional yeah. generation, yep. but we're in this generation and nothing has happened yet um, because I, I've said for years the future of gaming is mobile gaming and not mobile on your phone. What I'm saying is being able to play Halo when you're at work on break, being able to play Gran Turismo on a bus and getting the the same experience, getting the same experience that you have sitting on your couch, playing with your friends. That's what it is. Nintendo understands that. And Nintendo has, has done that with the switch. Granted, they're not a big multiplayer company, but they understand that with their single player games, Microsoft, they for some reason are just like we're all about cloud gaming which is huge because cloud gaming is going to be a big you know component of that um aspect and that idea sony on the other hand goes and says nope you're still attached to your couch and makes that ps handheld (laughs) thing that you can only stream on your wi-fi from your playstation 5 so it's a really interesting generation for sure uh, I, I don't know where things are going. You know, right that, now VR is really big. We got the MetaQuest yeah. 3 announced today. PlayStation is going to be unveiling a VR headset next week, or not PlayStation. Um, Apple is uh, you know unveiling a, a VR headset next week. So who knows at this point? Yeah, I mean, my first um, Sony console was the PSP, where you would just buy the small individual disc, and yeah. then that would basically be your playstation on wheels that would last three four hours and then we need to get desperately charged but um yeah no it was really interesting to see how it's evolved i'm still on my ps4 i haven't made the jump to my ps5 just quite yet but i uh it's interesting to see where the gaming world's going into especially as i said before it's become a lot more of a monetary source for a lot of people especially during the covid year where i feel like it really really blew up so where people had no choice but to build in fortnite so definitely 
excited to see where it goes and have a feeling that I'll probably be playing video games tonight since you brought it up. <laughs> That's great, man. Well, uh, it was a great episode. I loved it. You know, uh, thanks right, for yeah. you know, coming back Absolutely. on finally. Uh, hopefully no, for sure. Well, can... well, oh, no, for sure. It's been exciting. And um, obviously these lists are going to be accurate pick for pick. So oh, 100%. You can lock these into Vegas for sure. <laughs> all right, guys, let us know your thoughts on everything that we talked about today. Make sure you follow us on all the social medias. You can simply scan that QR code right there on the screen to find all of our links to everything. Uh, so it's a really cool little tool that you can use there to, to find us everywhere. Uh, we got some new channels coming up uh, that's going to be part of the Bridging the Geekdom family. So keep an eye out for those. Um, also, you know, catch me at Three Rivers Comic Convention this weekend. It's going to be a good time. I hope you can make it there, especially if you're in the Pittsburgh area. I look forward to meeting all of you and talking with all of you. Um, I think that's everything. I think we're good, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. And cool. um, hopefully I'll be able to come back next week and we'll see you next time. Cool. With all that said, everyone, we'll talk at all of you later. <laughs>